Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. The Lakers had a big game last night in the play-in tournament against the eight-seed Minnesota Timberwolves in Los Angeles. The atmosphere, while I wasn't at the game, seemed amazing from, from the TV. The Lakers didn't play great, was not a great game for the majority of that game. Lakers were able to pull it out, a win in overtime, just a gutsy win. We're going to get into that before previewing the Lakers' upcoming series, playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies. So, I mean, first thoughts about that playing game was, honestly, I mean, I don't love my team playing in the playing tournament, right? Like, I would much rather be in the top six seed, not have to worry about, you know, potentially missing the playoffs if I'm in the seventh or eighth seed, which, like, before the playing tournament would have been um, a you know a playoff spot if you were in the seventh or eighth seed. You know, I don't I don't like having to play that extra game if you don't have to, right? In order to win a championship, you need to win 16 games. But if you're a seven or eight seed, you got to win 17, maybe even 18 games if you lose that first game, right? So don't love having to play the play-in tournament game. But as a as an NBA fan, the play-in tournament is super fun, right? Like it's do or die. Like that game last night felt like a game seven. It felt like a game seven because – I mean, it's not loser go home technically because the loser plays against the winner of the 9-10 seed. So, like, Minnesota will play the winner of the Pelicans or OKC. So it's not technically loser go home, but it's a high-stakes game where you really want to win that one game. You do not want to have to play a second game just to try and get into into the playoffs. So, as an NBA fan, I love the playing tournament. It feels like a little bit of March Madness. It's fun. It's fun, especially when, I mean, you have a game like that. Obviously, I would have much rather had the Lakers win by 30 points or something, but I'll take the win, and it was, you know, in retrospect, it was a fun win, right? So, overall, things, you know, I'm happy about the win, but being said, I mean, it's it's a fun, it's a fun atmosphere, it's a fun, it's a fun game if you're an NBA fan. So, as a Lakers fan, again, yeah, I would much rather win by 30 points, but a win's a win, I'll take it. So, looking at the game right? Like watching the game in the moment, there were some things in the first half that it just felt like Darvin Ham was trying to play this game like a regular season game when this is like a must win high stakes playoff game where in the playoffs, you got to shorten your rotation. You're not playing 10 guys, right? You're, you're playing your eight best guys that are going to go out and get the win. You're not messing around with Lonnie Walker. Not that he, I don't think he played, but you're not walking, messing around. Even like Malik Beasley. I don't know if Malik Beasley is, is a playoff playable player. Say that three times fast. I don't think that, I don't know that he's, I mean, from what we saw last night from him, like he played 14 minutes. He hit one, three shot two, went two for three from the field, five points. I mean, he only played 14 minutes, right? So that's fine. But like our bench. So, and I think that Darvin Ham got away from this, which was good in the second half, but like, you know, we just can't be giving. I don't like. I don't. And Troy Brown also. We had a, we had a lineup in there where it was a small ball lineup with, I think LeBron, Schroeder, Troy Brown Jr., Beasley, and I think Rui or Wenyan Gabriel. Well, Wenyan only played two minutes, so it was probably Rui. And the thing is, like having Beasley and Troy Brown Jr. on the floor at the same time just makes no sense. If they were light, like locked down lights out three-point shooters and defenders 
then sure, yeah, put them on the floor at the same time. But they're not. Troy Brown, I like his defense. He can step up and play some good defense. Haven't really seen that from Malik Beasley yet. Malik Beasley, in theory, is a good three-point shooter, but he's been super streaky, inconsistent. Same with Troy Brown, right? He, I feel like Troy Brown hits has hit bigger threes in games than Malik Beasley from what I've seen. But he's a strictly a streaky three-point shooter also. He went 0-3 last night, only had two points. Our bench was just awful, outside of Dennis Schroeder, who came in and saved the day because D'Angelo Russell was terrible. One for nine and two points in 24 minutes. He was unplayable in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, shout-out to Dennis Schroeder for stepping up, and we'll get some more about that in a sec. But shout-out to Dennis Schroeder for stepping up because D'Angelo Russell had a tough game. I mean... It sucks because a lot of people on Twitter and stuff are like, oh, there's D'Angelo Russell in the biggest game of, well, they're saying of his career. I guess maybe, but he's played in playing games before. Like, it's not, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it's the biggest game of his career, but in a big game, the biggest game of this season, and he came out and laid a goose egg. Well, not technically, I guess he had two points, but like he came out and just did not play well. Um, it, It's tough, but... I don't know. You can't necessarily expect players to have great games every single game, every time there's a big moment and stuff. Like I, I'll give him a little bit of slack for having a, a bad game. The whole, the entire team had a tough, like first quarter. The first quarter, the Lakers couldn't buy a basket. We were, um, we only scored twenty two points in the first quarter. Like that's pretty pretty bad for this Lakers team. And in getting to more of that in the sec, the fourth quarter was even worse. <laughs> At least, thankfully, well, we'll get to it. But the Lakers, again, started off super slow, couldn't buy a basket. The nice thing was that Anthony Davis was locked in pretty much the entire game, even though he did kind of struggle a little bit offensively. Um, you know, he going up against Carl Anthony Towns is tough. He's a good defender. He's a big body. But the Lakers did a good job going at Carl Anthony Towns, getting him into foul trouble, and – just overall playing, forcing Carl Anthony Towns to take over the game, and he didn't. He didn't do that. Like he had a decent game. He had twenty four points, eleven rebounds, eight of twelve shooting. But for the for the Timberwolves to win that game, you need Carl Anthony Towns to go off. Either that or Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards had an even worse game, nine points on three of seventeen shooting, zero for nine from three. He looked terrible. So the Lakers did what they needed to do to slow down Carl Anthony Towns and and Anthony Edwards. And Mike Conley, if any if anyone was going to kill the Lakers, it was Mike Conley. He went 7 for 11, 6 for 8 from 3, 23 points. And, I mean, we'll do, let's just fast forward to the second, second half. So, like, basically the Lakers were down 11 at halftime. Not looking great, but remember the Lakers were down by 10 to this team, a, a more healthy version of this team a couple weeks ago and came back and won that game. So I wasn't too worried. Not happy, but not too worried. Down 11. Um, Lakers have a decent third quarter. They win the quarter 30-26. to 26, And then go into the fourth quarter down by seven points. So better situation. Still not great, but better than being down double digits. And, you know, the Lakers, when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you can kind of turn things on in the fourth quarter. Against a team like this, I'll, I'll preface, you don't want to play like that in the playoffs against the, the Memphis Grizzlies or the Warriors or the Kings or whoever the Lakers match up with if they make it out of the first round, right? Like, you can't play like that in the, in the playoffs. You can't really play lackadaisical basketball for three quarters and then turn it on in the fourth quarter. It's just not reliable. 
And I get LeBron is old and he's aging and you kind of see him wearing down a little bit during these games. So he might play like that, but the rest of the team can't. And again, I give LeBron some 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 slack for kind of choosing his spots. He's he's old. He's played this is his 20th season. And last night he he played well. 30 points, 3 of 6 from 3, he had a big 3 in was it the fourth quarter or overtime? I forget, but he had a big 3 um in one of those quarters. And he kind of carried this team. He did have some some bad turnovers and did kind of try and give the game away a few times. It seemed like, you know, overall his plus minus is minus 14. So, like, was he a net benefit? I mean, yes, he was. That's why plus and minus is kind of weird, right? Like, the minus 14. I think the minus 14 is more indicative of him being – of Darvin Ham's terrible rotations and putting LeBron James with Malik Beasley and Troy Brown Jr. in the same lineup, right? So – LeBron James with 30 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. A great game overall. Anthony Davis, he he was kind of slow to get going. Part of this had to do with the fact that Minnesota just was double teaming him, which most teams, a lot of teams do. Like that's kind of their go-to defense against the Lakers. Double teaming Anthony Davis forced everyone else to beat them. But he still ended up with 24 points, 15 rebounds, 4 assists. Nine offensive rebounds. He had more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds. That's huge. And then went 10 of 19 from the field. So a pretty good Anthony Davis game for the Lakers. He was big on defense. He played great defense. And the Lakers, they they snuck this one out. They were down by seven in the fourth quarter. They played incredible defense in the fourth quarter, holding Minnesota to 12 points in the quarter. And really, if you think about it, well, let me. Get, I'll get to it in a sec. So, twelve points in the quarter. It felt like there was a point in the game where Minnesota had nine. Minnesota had ninety-five points, and if, I think they had ninety-five points for like five. Five minutes of game time, they went scoreless for like six minutes. So maybe it was six minutes. Yeah, they were. They had ninety-five points for. It felt like forever. And the Lakers could not like, they the Lakers couldn't do anything either. The Lakers only had nineteen points in the fourth quarter which I mentioned I would get to saying that the Lakers had a worse quarter than only scoring 22 in the first. So they had 19 in the fourth, but they held Minnesota to 12. They end up tying the game 95 to 95, I think on a big LeBron James three. And then they get a stop. They get the ball. They have the ball with like 30 seconds. They, they turn the ball over. I think this is the play where LeBron James like Superman dives to the ball, but they call a foul on him, which kind of is a BS call. Because it was a loose ball. Both him and, and Prince were going for the ball. But they call a foul on LeBron James for, for whatever reason. Minnesota gets the ball. They The Lakers get a stop. So then the Lakers get the ball with, like I think, like 21 seconds left in the game. Tied 95-95. Chance to run the clock down and win the game. They do basically just that. They run the ball, the clock down. They give LeBron, LeBron the ball. He drives down the right side to the baseline going like basically jumps as if he's almost going for a layup but then passes the ball to Dennis Schroeder who's in the opposite corner who has a wide open three-pointer that he hits he buries it puts the Lakers up 98 to 95 with 1.3 seconds left everyone's going nuts I'm sitting in the in my bedroom watching the game in the dark while the baby's sleeping trying to stay as quiet as I possibly can (laughs) Uh, Dennis Schroeder just like 
he's like celebrating like his three point celebration. He hit the he hit the shot right in front of Minnesota's bench, and he's doing this this uh, this celebration, just staring down the Minnesota Minnesota bench, just savage. And and we think the game's basically over. I mean, all the Lakers have to do is not let Minnesota hit a three. There's only 1.3 seconds left. They only have really have time to inbound the ball, maybe make a quick pass, but not much time to do much else. They get the ball to Mike Conley, who, like I said, was at that time six for seven from three in the game. They get the ball to Mike Conley in the deep corner, and he misses the shot terribly. Anthony Davis is closing out on him. He missed the shot off the back off the side of the backboard, but Anthony Davis closes out on him and like turns turn it's almost as if he was like trying to box him out which <clears throat> when you're in like high school they teach you to close out and box out the shooter but you can't really do that in basketball today at least not in the NBA I don't know what like high school rules are and stuff but you can't really close out and box out a shooter because you're it's inevitable that you're going to get called for a foul you're going to get into a shooting space and they're going to call a foul on you so he basically closed out on Mike Conley. Mike Conley missed terribly, but Anthony Davis like turned around and like almost boxed him out basically. And they call a foul. Three free throws for Mike Conley. Mike Conley hasn't shot free throws all game. So all he has to do is miss one. And the chances are chances of the Lakers win are very high. Cause there's only 0.1 seconds left. Even if he missed a free throw and was forced to try and um, miss a free throw, there's not really enough time for the Timberwolves to rebound the ball and, you know, get a shot and to even win the game or anything like that. So, or tie the game. So, um, Mike Conley goes up there, hits all three free throws, tie game, game goes to over, goes to overtime. I'm just like, there's no way the Lakers come back from this. You don't, it's tough for teams to go from basically thinking you've won the game to forcing overtime and having to go play in overtime. But LeBron James was not having any of it. He was not going to let this Lakers team lose the game. And the Lakers just kept up their good defense. They held the Timberwolves to four overtime points, scoring 10 themselves, and closing out the win 108 to 102 in overtime. So an insane game. Again, like I said, as an NBA fan, super fun. As a Lakers fan, very, very stressful. As a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, you're kicking yourself. The Lakers did everything they could to lose that game. They were terrible on offense for the majority of the game. They couldn't get a whole lot going. They, they hit their role player. The thing is, like, and this is where this is any any team, right? But you have the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and then you have D'Angelo Russell's like your third best player. But it, it's again, this is similar to to the championship team the Lakers had in 2020, where it's like. Your third best player kind of changes depending on the game. Sometimes it's, you know, with this team, right? Sometimes it's Austin Reeves. Sometimes it's Dennis Schroeder. Sometimes it's D'Angelo Russell. Sometimes it's Rui Hachimura. Sometimes, um, you know, and, and, and last night it was Dennis Schroeder, right? Dennis Schroeder put up um, 21 points off the bench, third high scoring on the team, and... Yeah, one of the highest scorers in the game too, and so you have you have him coming in playing thirty three minutes, making up for D'Angelo Russell who did not play well. So the Lakers' depth is insane, right? Like you can the fact that the Lakers can survive a 
a game where uh, I didn't talk about it. Jared Vanderbilt had zero points in 22 minutes. Um, D'Angelo Russell had two points in 24 minutes. So the fact that you can survive a playoff game with two of your starters only scoring two points is pretty incredible. It, it just shows how deep the Lakers are when you know you have Rui coming off the bench who's playing pretty well. He didn't, I mean, he didn't have an outstanding game last night, but he played he played decent. Um, again, Dennis Schroeder off the bench playing well. We've had games where Troy Brown comes in and hits a lot of threes, or Malik Beasley comes in and hits a lot of threes, right? Like, we're deep. You have Austin Reeves. He, he only had 12 points, 4 of, 13, 4 of 13 shooting. Not a good Austin Reeves game either. So the Lakers have a lot of weapons. They're deep. So they can – they can. the fact that they can win a game like this is is huge. Lakers had no business winning this game. They did as much as they could to hand it over the entire game. They got outplayed for three quarters. They got – they couldn't get into the game for at least – well – they they let themselves get into a, a big hole, I'll say. They didn't get outplayed technically if you go quarter by quarter, right? Like they Well let's see, they lost the first quarter, lost the second quarter. So they got outplayed in the first half and then did what they had to did what they had to do in the second half to win the game. So you get outplayed for a half in a must win playoff game, and then managed to win the game in overtime and should have won in regulation. Anthony Davis is an idiot for what he did. Like he should know better. He we just went through this against Dallas. He, I'm I feel like he's done it another time this season too, but like come on, man. I get it. You you want to block the shot. You want to get there. But you know, you cuz what if what if Mike Conley made that? If Mike Conley made that, he goes up with a chance to win the game. Lakers lose. There's a it was a tough shot. He wasn't going to make it. He missed badly, but he got the shot off. There's an alternate reality where he makes that shot, gets fouled, hits a free throw. Lakers are playing on Friday for the eighth seed. Thankfully, that didn't happen, but Anthony Davis got to be smarter. He's been really bad. He's just been really bad in like close late games. He's been good in fourth quarters. Like He's been dominant in fourth quarters, and he's lifted the Lakers to big wins in fourth quarters. But when the Lakers have been in tight games in the fourth quarter, he's missed free throws, he's made dumb fouls, and he's killed the Lakers a few different times. And he almost did it again. So thankfully, Mike Conley did not make the three. He made the three free throws, and the Lakers were able to take care of business in overtime. But, you know, you watch that Lakers game, that Lakers team last night, and then imagine them going up against Memphis. And... I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy for this. I don't think I am. But I kind of see Memphis as being a very kind of similar team to the Minnesota Timberwolves, at least with the team that they have, right? Because they have Steven Steven Jackson, Steven Adams, who is likely, they've said, to miss the playoffs. And then you have, um, God, what's it? I can't, why am I forgetting his name? Their other big who's hurt. Um, so you have two of their bigs that are hurt, which I mean kind of happens what you saw with this Memphis, this Minnesota team with um with Gobert missing the game. Oh Brandon Clark, yeah. Um so you have Brandon Clark and Steven Adams out. So you have two of their two bigs out. They have Jaron Jackson Jr., who is potentially a favorite for defensive player of the year, so that's tough. But you 
you know, you have one big in, in Jaron Jackson Jr., kind of similar to how Minnesota had with Carl Anthony Towns. And then you have John Morant. And people are going to – this isn't a fair comparison, but it's close, right? You have John Morant on the Grizzlies compared to Anthony Edwards, right? Both just young, talented, explosive players that can beat you, that can attack the basket. And, and John Morant's more established. He's more He's more explosive. Um, I don't know if he's better defensively than Anthony Edwards, but I feel like it's somewhat comparable. Like, I feel like, you know, last episode I said Carl Anthony Towns is the poor man Anthony Davis. I would say the Minnesota Timberwolves are the poor man's Memphis Grizzlies. Like, it's a very similar constructed team. Um, you have Dylan Brooks, who is kind of like a tall guard, kind of similar to Kyle Anderson, although I feel like Kyle Anderson's like surprisingly much taller than I realize. I feel like he's like, oh, he's 6'9", so he's two inches taller than for some reason, I thought he was like 6'10 or 6'11. Kyle Anderson, 6'9. So kind of similar to like Dylan Brooks, right? I mean, Dylan Brooks is going to be a problem in a way. Just he's going to be annoying. And he's a good defender. I feel like in the same way, like I was saying, that Carl Anthony Towns is a poor man, Anthony Davis. The Timberwolves are a poor man's Memphis Grizzlies. And in that sense, I kind of like, in a way, I like the matchup, right? If the Lakers can do what they did to... Carl Anthony Towns to Jaron Jackson Jr. and just keep getting him into foul trouble. Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't typically play more than like 30 minutes a game. So he's going to have to step up and play more. Lakers are going to have to find a way to get him to foul trouble. And I mean, it's going to be a fun series. I think you have kind of like the old dogs and LeBron James. And I mean, Anthony Davis isn't really an old dog, but I'll put him in there against the young guys, against. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. and and John Morant's and and John Morant's been good in the playoffs. The the Grizzlies have been pretty good in the playoffs, and the Lakers haven't been in the playoffs for well a year. <laughs> so you know, and, and I think it all comes down to again, obviously the the number one thing is health, and that's across the board for any team. So health, obviously, and then it comes down to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. If they can find a way to, and the the nice thing honestly is. This, I could see this Grizzlies team not try and double Anthony Davis too much. I mean, we'll see what happens after like games one and two and all the the adjustments happen and stuff. But I feel like if you have, um, you know, as the Grizzlies with Jaron Jackson Jr., he's the defensive player of the year. You're not just going to have him play Anthony Davis one-on-one. You're going to double Anthony Davis. I mean, sure, maybe, but why why double if you think he can he can take care of Anthony Davis? Why risk leaving LeBron open or or D'Angelo Russell open for three or, or something like that? You know, so we'll see if they if they do double him. I if I was the Grizzlies, I probably would honestly. The Lakers tend to really, if you're doubling Anthony Davis, you're forcing the Lakers to shoot threes in a way because typically what happens is you know you double Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis kicks it out and then you swing the ball to whoever's open. It's great if they attack the basket, but a lot of times what happens is they, they just drive or they just settle for the three. And sometimes if the Lakers are on and they're hitting threes, it'll kill another team. But if they're not, you kind of get what you got last night against the Timberwolves where Lakers can't – they dig themselves into a hole and they can't really get up. They can't get out of it. Maybe they make a run, but then they lose it again, and it's a mess. So the Lakers have to figure out a way to – really counter any doubles that teams throw at Anthony Davis because that's really I feel like the Lakers kryptonite at this point from an offensive standpoint is 
or Anthony Davis has to just be quicker. Like he he needs to get the ball and attack before the double team comes. Keep taking the ball to the basket. You know, just attack the basket. And as he attacks the basket, if they try and double him as he's attacking the basket, then have another player crash, kick it off to them, and then you get a high percentage shot near the basket. So I feel like that's the best way to beat the double team if you're the Lakers and if if the Grizzlies throw that at them. I I might I feel like in the games that the Grizzlies have the Grizzlies have played against the Lakers recently this season. I don't remember seeing them double him too much, but some of those games have been weird where some, you know, players have been hurt and, and whatnot and and stuff. So it'll be fun to see what we get from from this series. I mean, I think the Lakers have a decent chance. I'm curious to see what the odds are. I'm sure Well, looking at the ESPN predictor for game one, they have Memphis as sixty one percent favorites. Which I mean seems fair. They're the number two seed in the West playing at home. And the Lakers are they're a weird team, man. You see them play a great game, like, I don't know, against the Pelicans, right? And I know it's the Pelicans, but like where they hit a bunch of threes, they go by like thirty points and it's a crazy game. They're playing without LeBron James and it's it's awesome. But then you also get Lakers teams like you saw last night or against the Clippers, where they're struggling offensively, they can't get the shots to fall, they start forcing things, uh, they're being lazy on defense, they're turning the ball over. But hopefully they take they take something from that fourth quarter and they keep playing good defense. If they, play, if they can play a level of defense like they played in that fourth quarter of the play-in game, they're going to be a tough team to beat. And... Again, I know the Grizzlies are a better team than the Timberwolves. They're a harder team to play defense against. John Morant is impossible to guard. He is so quick. He attacks the basket. Like, you have – like, they're just – it's he's hard to stay in front of. So, they'll have to find a way to keep the ball out of John Morant's hands. Like, honestly, maybe the Lakers do – I've seen them do this against some other teams with guys like John Morant, like when they play Dallas with Luka and, and Kyrie, where – they do a high, like a double team, right? One, like once Jaw has the ball away from the three point, like in between the three point line and the the half court line, throw a quick double at him to get the ball out of his hands, and then kind of adjust from there. That might be a good idea. I could see the Lakers getting burned by that, but if they can execute it, that's that could be a great defense to kind of keep the ball out of John Morant's hands. But yeah, I mean, the way to beat the Grizzlies is stop John Morant. You might get a game or two where Desmond Bain hits a bunch of threes or Dylan Brooks hits some threes or whatever, but I would much rather have Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks beat me or, you know, test them and let them beat me than John Morant putting up 50 points or 40 points, you know, which it's easy. He, The last time he played the Lakers, he was getting the basket so easy. The Lakers had no, no way. Their guards could not stay in front of him. And then that puts Anthony Davis in a tough spot, right? Having to step up. And then you have Jaron Jackson Jr. And Lakers don't have any other bigs. Well, they have Mobamba, but Darvin Ham doesn't like to play Mobamba. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I in a seven game series, the Lakers can win this series probably in six or seven games. It'll be a tough it'll be tough though. And I don't know if they do win this series, I don't know how much they'll have left in the tank. <laughs> but it'll be a fun series. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad the Lakers were able to secure the seventh seed. And they get a nice long break from now until Sunday when the Lakers take on the Grizzlies in Memphis at 12 p.m. 
uh, Pacific time on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all for listening and go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers. 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers!